Well, I'm thankful for all of you present here at the North Richland Hills campus and all of you watching online. I'm looking forward to seeing many of you this week at Summer Spectacular uh, at the adult class as we work through the book of Nehemiah. It's going to be a rich blessing. So, an older woman in a very large, expensive sedan is inching slowly through a parking lot looking for a place to park. She sees one when suddenly this young college kid cuts her off, whips in that space right in front of her that she was clearly going to, hops out and smiles sarcastically as he says, oh, to be young and fast. He comes back a few minutes later to see that she has taken her big car and she has been ramming his little car to pieces. As he pulls down the power window, she smiles and says, oh, to be old and rich. And the reason we like that story is, can we be honest? We root for people to get angry. Okay, we do not want to see a movie called Dr. Bruce Banner. We want to see a movie called The Hulk, right? We want to go to a hockey game and see a fight. We want our hero to get angry and bring justice to the situation. We root for people to get angry. And here's the truth. Anger is not always wrong, especially when it's in response to something that is wrong. But anger, even when it's right, can quickly become very wrong because it can become bondage. So we're in this series called Alive and Free. And the premise is that when Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave, He didn't just bring us freedom from the penalty of sin. He brought us freedom from the power of sin. That not only can we come up out of the death of sin, but we can get out of grave clothes and walk in freedom. And we ask you to share with us areas where you want release from bondage. And the fifth most common card dealt with anger. And I applaud you for your honesty and your vulnerability. Because here's the reality. We live in a fallen world. And one of the fallouts of fallenness is constant opportunities to be frustrated and to get angry. And so I'm not going to tell you today you should never feel anger. But I'm going to ask you a question. Is anger a frequent companion? Does it tend to move into a room in your mind and have an extended visit? Do you visit the state of mad fairly often? In other words, are you in bondage to anger even as you tell yourself, That you don't have a problem. And what we tell ourselves is critically important because, as we've said earlier, all bondage is rooted in lies. And anger particularly depends on myths to justify it. Like, for example, well, I I cannot control my temper. Now, this is a common 
tactic used by spewers. And basically, there are two ways people display anger. One way is to spew. You erupt. You just let it all out and blow up. So some of you are spewers. Some of you are stewers. You don't erupt. You just take it inside and you let it fester and you let it boil and grow for days or weeks or longer. So in the interest of congregational education, hold up your right hand if you tend to be a spewer. Go ahead. Be honest. You're in church. You can't lie in front of God. Okay. Hold up your left hand if you tend to be a stewer. Okay, hold up both hands if you're a liar and you didn't hold up your hand. (laughs) Now, here's what spewers do. They call it venting. And they say, oh, it's healthy. You have to get all that out so that you can be free from it. Well, it might make you feel better. But have you ever considered the collateral damage of your eruption? You ever held a little baby that's sick in its stomach and it throws up? The baby feels better. How do you feel? You got a big mess to clean up. So you say, hey, I'm just being real. I'm just being authentic. That's the word you use. Here's the word the Bible uses. Proverbs 29, fools give vent to their rage. Over and over, the Bible associates anger with acting like a fool. You know, I didn't coach Fran. I didn't know what she was going to say in her testimony, and I thought it would be interesting. That's exactly the word she used. Anger makes you a fool. And the reality is, anger is your choice because you control it when you want to. When you're before your boss, when the policeman pulls you over on the street, you don't say what you're thinking. Some of you came to church. And you had an argument in the car. And you got out of the car and you walked in the foyer. And the first time you shook, praise God, it's good to see you today. We're just here to love Jesus. Okay? You turned it off. We can do that. We're not in bondage to anger because we can't help it. Because we don't want to help it. And so we say things like, well, my anger is not my fault. Now, this is a especially popular myth with stewards. Because if you like to stew... You like to think that you are a victim, and that's why you get permission to stew. And if you want to have a bad attitude, you will always be able to find a bad reason to have it. But remember what we said earlier in this series. Blaming never leads to freedom. Free people. Do not let other people control how they're going to act or react or think. And I need to say that again. Free people. Do not let other people control how they're going to act or think. And so again, the Bible says, Ecclesiastes 7, control your temper for anger labels you as a fool if your temper was not ultimately your responsibility then the bible wouldn't over and over use this phrase be 
slow to become angry. The Bible says stop blaming and own responsibility for how you react to people and situations. The wrong may not be your fault, but the anger is. Of course, you might be thinking, well, I can't help it because I was just born this way. You think I have a temper? You should have seen my daddy. No, here's the truth. Anger is a learned behavior. Somewhere in the past, we realized that anger is an effective way to get our way. Whether by spewing or by stewing, we learn that if we will exhibit anger, we can get what we want. It's not about genetics. It's about our agendas. Besides, you may have been born that way, but you have been born again. And that means that now the Holy Spirit who lives in you gives you the capacity to exhibit patience and peace and gentleness and self-control. And so the biblical position is that anger is an option. Do not say, well, I just couldn't help it. I had no choice. There was nothing else to do. No, the new person in Christ cannot justify anger as the only possible response. One of my favorite scenes from the classic animated movie Toy Story is when Mrs. Potato Head asked Mr. Potato Head, are you in a good mood? And he said, I'm not sure. And she says, okay, I'll pack your angry eyes just in case. As long as you put your angry eyes in the baggage, you will stay in bondage. Here's what the Bible says. But now, not next week, not after four years of therapy, now is the time to get rid of anger and rage and malicious behavior and slander and dirty language. Now, today is the day to get free. And you won't get free as long as you continue to justify these myths. Jesus says, truth sets you free. So here's a couple of anger truths you need to hear. Number one, anger is a window to the heart. Remember, anger isn't wrong if it's produced by a passion for what's right. Now, I know this because we can read in the Gospels of times when Jesus got angry. Jesus got angry when he went into the temple and he saw people committing fraud and deceit and preventing others from an encounter with God. 
Or one time in a synagogue on a Sabbath day, there's a sick man and the religious authorities want to see if Jesus will heal him on the Sabbath so that they can accuse him of breaking tradition. They care more about their tradition than they do about a sick man. And it says Jesus was angry because Jesus lived by two rules. Love God, love people. That's what he cared about. Here's the truth about anger. Anger reveals what you care about. Anger reveals what you value. Jesus was angry if God was dishonored or people were dismissed because that's what he cared about. And too often, our anger reveals that our passions are misplaced. Because here's what the Bible says about most of our anger. What causes fights? And quarrels among you. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? I'll be honest. Most of the time when I've lost my temper. It wasn't because God was being dishonored. Or people were being dismissed. It's because something frustrated me. Somebody cut me off on the road. Someone messed up my order at the restaurant. Some referee made the wrong call and my team didn't win. Something didn't happen at the house and I didn't get my way. Anger is a smoke detector. And it is revealing that something is wrong below the surface. And so Cain was angry at his brother Abel and killed him. But below the surface, he was a man with wounded pride who felt like God should respect what he offered. And Saul was angry at David and tried to kill him. But it was a cover for all the insecurity and jealousy he felt beneath the surface at David's success. And the elder brother was furious at his younger brother and even at his father. For throwing his younger brother a party. And it was merely a cover for the ugliness below the surface. The ugliness of a man who didn't like grace. And didn't want to see people get a second chance. And so Jesus is not into surface behavior modification. Jesus does heart surgery. So, for example, the famous Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5 of Matthew, Jesus says, Now, you've heard it was said to our people long ago, you must not murder anyone. Anyone who murders another will be judged. But I'm telling you, if you're angry with a brother or sister, you will be judged. Jesus raises the bar. Jesus says, my goal is not just for you to have surface behavior conformity. I want you to deal with the ugly stuff in your heart because you cannot love God and love people with a heart full of anger because love is not easily angered. And when we ignore that truth, we just invite more lies from the father of lies. Because anger is a door for the devil. 
When you hold on to anger, you let the enemy get a hold on you. And the angry heart invites satanic intrusion and becomes a base camp for the warden who is behind every kind of bondage. Ephesians chapter 4 says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're angry. Don't give the devil a foothold. Now, let's just be honest. Some of you are in bondage and your real problem is anger. That's not the bondage you're thinking about, but it's your anger that's letting the devil in who is the warden of every kind of bondage. And notice, Satan's not given credit for causing the anger. We live in a fallen world, and the fallout of fallenness is constant frustration. Satan isn't given credit for every time you get angry, but he takes total credit for trying to leverage that anger into bondage. And you cannot stay irritated and not wind up incarcerated. Proverbs 25, 28 says, if you cannot control your anger, you're as helpless as a city without walls open to attack. And some are spectacular. We're studying the story of Nehemiah, a city that had no walls and therefore it could never thrive. It could never prosper And the Bible says, you're the same way. If you don't control your anger, you are helpless to the assault of God's enemy. Anger is like acid. It does more harm to the vessel in which it's stored than it does onto the things in which it's poured. And I'll tell you something else. You cannot be a credible witness to the Prince of Peace if you have a reputation of being an angry person. Now, you can listen to sermons on a podcast. You can even put a Bible on your desk at work. But if your reputation is you are a quickly angered soul, you cannot give credible testimony to the Prince of Peace. When Da Vinci was painting the Last Supper, he got real angry at a guy and he threatened him and lashed out at him. He went back to a studio and he was working on the face of Christ and he couldn't do it. He realized he had too much anger in him to paint the face of Christ. He had to go find that man and ask his forgiveness before he could finish the painting. You cannot image Jesus as an angry person. Now I said, I'm not going to tell you To never, ever feel anger rising up. That would be foolish. What I am going to say is that even if we can't remain anger-free, we can remain free from anger. Because we can control it instead of letting it control us. We can be slow to become angry. And the way to be slow is to learn how to be quick. Two things that will help. Number one, be quick to let the Holy Spirit search your heart. Ask the Spirit of truth when you feel anger coming up to discern what is going on under the surface so that anger doesn't pirate your life. 
Instead of saying something to the person who's making you angry, say something to God. Something like this. Lord, examine my heart in this matter. Should I be angry? Are my motives pure? Show me if my anger is exposing an area of my life where you and I need to go to work. Okay, let me get real personal. If you do a job like mine, you get a ton of feedback. I get an enormous amount of support and praise, a lot more than I deserve. I get a small amount of criticism, and most of that I deserve too. But a small percentage of it I don't deserve. It's toxic, and it's ugly. And I had a week where I got more than my share of ugly. So I was praying to the Lord about that because my attitude was getting sour. And I was sharing the Lord how unfair it was. I was playing the victim card. And the Lord did something. Now, if you don't believe in an act of Holy Spirit, what I'm going to tell you is going to freak you out. So just be prepared. I remember vividly an image of a dead body, a corpse on the ground. And the Lord said, if you kick that corpse, what's going to happen? Nothing, Lord, it's dead. And this is what the Lord said to me. And the reason you're getting so mad is because you haven't died to yourself. Wow. You hold anger in check by asking God to check your heart. And you'll take anger captive before it can capture you. And God who cares more about your character than he does about your comfort, might actually use the whole situation that got you angry to make Jesus more visible in your life by the way you responded. So be quick to let the Holy Spirit search your heart. And then be quick to lead with prayer and forgiveness. If you hold on to anger... It will begin to hold you. So decide in advance that you are going to act instead of react to wrongs. You're going to pray for the people who made you angry. You're going to choose not to hold it against them. You're going to bless them and not curse them. Just like Jesus said. And you might be thinking, but I have a good reason to be angry. And they don't deserve forgiveness. Okay, be careful. Because you and I need to be very, very glad that God, who has every reason to think that way, chooses not to. Does God have good reason to be angry with us? Do we deserve His grace and forgiveness? And God chose instead to pour out His wrath on Jesus and not us. Now that should be a game changer. Ephesians chapter 4 Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind, compassionate to one another. Why? 
you forgive each other just as in Christ God forgave you. And so you say, you do not owe me. I refuse to build a case against you. I refuse to hold a grudge against you. I'm not saying what you did was right. I'm saying life is too short. And my own need for grace is too great. And you are forgiven. And you let the person you could be angry with out of jail. And you won't go to prison. I'm sorry we don't have a better picture, but this is from 1973. One of the most famous fights in basketball history. Rudy Tomjanovich was on the bench when the fight broke out. He ran onto the court just to try to stop the fight. And Kermit Washington swung and hit him in the face. Fractured his skull. Completely shattered his cheek and jaw bones. Months and months of recovery. Never was completely the same. And some years later, he was asked by a reporter what he thought when he remembered the incident. He said, I don't think anything. I've totally forgiven and gone on. What? You've totally forgiven the man that almost cost you your life and definitely cost you a career? Yes, I've totally forgiven him. How could you do that? Why would you do that? And Rudy said, I knew if I wanted to move on with my life, I had to let it go. I didn't do it for him. I did it so I could be free. I have a number of prayer lists I keep. Many of you are on some of my lists. I hope you're not on this one. I have one list I keep of people that don't like me. (laughs) They don't like me. They never say anything nice to me or anything nice about me. I've got a list. You know why? Because I'm under orders. Jesus said to pray for my enemies. And so I do. And I ask God to bless them and to anoint them and to give them grace and joy. And I get out of bed every day. And I am mad at nobody. And it is so exhilarating to be free. Today is the day to get rid of anger. So I want you to pray with me. I'm going to ask you to do a couple of things that are pretty hard. Here's the first. I want you just to go ahead and say right now, Lord, today, right now, today, I want there to be a tangible difference in my life about how I handle angry situations.
Okay, this is going to be harder. I want you to ask the Spirit to put on your heart right now one situation or one person. And once you say to the Lord, today I step in freedom. I'm letting it go. I'm not saying it was right. I'm saying I do not want to be in bondage. And I don't want to discredit my witness to Jesus by my anger. You give that situation and that person to God right now. Oh, God, this is hard. But it wasn't easy to send Jesus to the cross where you poured out wrath we deserved. So, God, help us to live our lives out of that love. Help us leave all the wrath anybody deserves at the cross of Jesus for his sake amen let's all stand up we got prayer teams down front upstairs if the spirit's working on your heart right now be brave step forward let's pray let's talk maybe it's your call today to make that great decision of baptism this is a moment Today is a day for freedom. So step toward it while we worship.